Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends. There's definitely a sense of celebration and optimism in the air this week. There's a new moon. Some of you were celebrating Diwali and the victory of light over darkness. And I had so much fun with my little nephew, Joe, writing my name with a sparkler this weekend. It's that same sense of positivity and optimism that drew me to my guest today. Damon Bowen Ashwin is still in the middle of his story, having been diagnosed with a brain tumour two years ago. He's just finished a gruelling 30-day round of radiotherapy and is now embarking on a course of chemotherapy. But his courage, resilience and determination to get through this challenge is just so compelling. I went into this conversation knowing that I was going to hear from a remarkable man who is full of compassion, humility and empathy. Those are all the qualities that I'd seen in Damon when we met when we were training together last year. But what I found was way beyond that. He shared how, although this has without doubt been one of the most frightening times of his life, what has also come out of it is a beautiful love story, which just made my heart sing. A story about meeting Wim Hof, who has been a powerful mentor and source of inspiration and who actually got in touch with Damon because he also was so touched by his story. And ultimately, it's a story about the power of self-belief and an understanding that we always have more choices than we think we have when life takes an unexpected or unwanted turn. I loved talking to Damon. There were moments when I had tears in my eyes and moments when we just laughed. And if I ever release this as a video, you'll see that I spent most of the conversation with a huge smile on my face. I hope that his relentless faith and optimism in the face of huge adversity bring the same sense of joy to you. So here's Damon to tell you his story. With me today is my friend and fellow coach, Damon Bowen Ashwin. We met last year when we both joined IPEX coach training program and Damon's warmth and empathy shone through, making him a natural for coaching. He's definitely perfected the art of being the most interested person in the room rather than striving to be the most interesting. But what I didn't know until we got further into the training was that his story includes dealing with the life-changing diagnosis of a brain tumor for which he'd had major surgery the previous year. He's since had to undergo a 30-day cycle of radiotherapy, throughout which he's been charting his progress with his YouTube channel, The Radio Diaries. What struck me as I was listening was the power of healing that Damon felt through the love that he was being shown from his friends, family, and followers. He truly believes that we all have the power to heal ourselves through the mind-body-spirit connection and holistic healing, and that love itself is healing and makes us stronger. And in the midst of all of this, Damon continues to build his coaching business, Adapt and Flow. As Damon himself says, I've just turned 40 this year and the challenges and the journey I've been on in the last few years has shaped me and helped me define who I am as a person, what I'm capable of and what my mission in life is. And that is 
to show the world and myself that we can do anything if we put our minds to it. So Damon, welcome to the podcast. You're an absolute natural fit around here. You know, you just exude kindness, empathy, and the, the capacity to overcome challenges and just see them as one more step in the journey. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. And uh, you caught me off guard there a bit because you said a few things I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh, well, that's just made me feel better already. So thank you. That's um... Well, you know, it's been so remarkable that you've been able to do these diaries as you're going through your treatment, which is, I think, for me, something I, I really had to lean into. Would I have that capacity myself? So I guess... I guess the best way to start is just to lean into that that story, how it started for you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So it was um, it was a strange. I mean, twenty nineteen is when it could have all happened, and I kind of thought I was in in a good place at the time. Something wasn't quite right, but I was kind of in a good place, and um, I felt the business I was in at the time, recruitment was kind of going well, and I was kind of I'd read a lot of self improvement books or self-help gurus as i called them at the time little did i know that they were coaches so i could have read these books and people like robin sharma were helping keeping me on the kind of straight and narrow a bit and then i'd had these kind of memory kind of lapses a little bit and they were always a couple of nights after a big night of drinking so i thought well just getting a bit old maybe it's just i woke up one morning say i'd been out a saturday night that monday morning i could have woke up and i was in my parents place in france it's like I know where I am. I know who I am. But how? Why am I out here? What's going on? And I had to call mum and dad, and they kind of talked me through. And said your car's outside. Oh yeah, and just it kind of came back, and that happened a few times over a couple of months. And eventually, it got to the point where I thought I need to see someone because this isn't quite right. And uh, had a few tests, and he said you might have some sort of um, epileptic amnesia. Um, and I was thinking, oh, it could be some sort of chemical imbalance, and. Uh, that's probably what it is. It's chemical. And uh, then had the MRI and and I did think kind of the wrong way around, or maybe it's not the wrong way around. Maybe it's the way that happened, but I didn't go to my local hospital. My friend said, oh, there's somewhere up in Waterloo you can go. They do a cheaper MRI. And I got one up there. I forgot to ask for contrast. So contrast is important because it tells you what, whether it's cancerous, whether it's, you know, the grade of it. Um, so, so this Monday evening, I was up there, had the scan, dad came up with me because I was obviously a bit, realised I was a bit worried at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we get to the end of the scan, um, a lovely little chap just gave me this note that said, here's a CD, here's a letter, please take this to the hospital, they will know what to do. And I've got to look at him going, what, what do you mean? What? I said, well, can I go back to Guildford? He's like, how far is it? I went, what do you mean how far is it have i got hours or what and so he but he couldn't he wasn't um you're not allowed if you're a radiographer or a radiologist it's not your place to say he, he found something but he's not qualified to kind of say what it is so we had a few days of kind of i know i've got something took it to my neurologist um and uh so that was kind of half scary but half kind of well I don't know what it is yet. It might just be a blip. It might just be, you know, so could have a bit of hope in there somewhere. And then when we went to see my neurologist, um, his face could have told a, a bit of a picture because he looked pretty kind of solemn. He said, well, you do have a brain tumour. It's pretty large. But what I don't know is I don't know what clarity is. And by that, I said, by that, you mean you don't know whether it's cancerous or not? He said, no. 
And so I said, he said, I'll put you in right now, go and have the scan and come back tomorrow with the contrast and come back tomorrow and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. And thankfully I walked back in the next day and, and that was <laughs> those two days were just once you actually know, okay, do have a brain tumor. And I was like, well, I haven't really had any kind of real major symptoms. I've had the kind of a bit feeling a bit dreamlike and kind of amnesia, but, but I was kind of two days of kind of, I just remember at one point I was lying on my bed and mum said, can I, do you want to cuddle? And I was like, she just came over, kind of lay in the bed with me, cuddled me. And I was like, I'm 38 or 39 at the time. <laughs> Things have got quite... Too old for cuddles, never too old. <laughs> I was like, well, so that kind of also showed me that kind of where we were all at. Um, yeah. Just in a kind of place of constant fear, really, but also not able to even articulate it, just kind of, as we call it, an IPEC, kind of level one of lethargy just drained kind of i can't talk i can't think um just gonna sit here and do nothing for a bit um yeah but this is sort of happening to me and until i've managed to regroup which doesn't surprise me at all i mean it sounds like it was just unfolding almost like a like you say in a dream but the worst nightmare for most people mm. just having that so it sounds like your oncologist has been there to support you i mean that's one thing that comes through from your diaries yeah. so much so that you have you've met with some of the best professionals i've been help you yeah i've been so lucky and that the thursday that i went back i think it was thursday the 5th of december and he gave me the news of he was smiling i was like he's he's either really cruel or he's <laughs> i don't know what but he just gave me the kind of good news of well look it is pretty big but we can we can operate on this um wow. I'm going to put you in touch. He'd already booked me in to see Simon Stapleton, who was my surgeon, um, who's just amazing and just so empathetic and not that empath I can't speak, sorry, empathetic. Um, and he has that, has a lovely ability of kind of, he's very humble and he'll make you, give you the choice to kind of do what you do. You don't have to have surgery. You don't have to, you know, we can sit and wait and watch um, or it's, you know, you take your time and decide what's right for you. And all along, he's kind of empowered me, you know, to make my own decisions um, and just got a lovely bedside manner, which I think is it, not everyone has that. And you don't have to. It, it doesn't kind of. But it just shows me how much he cares and my new, neurologist cares. And uh, so there was that kind of love and support all the way through. And I remember Simon kind of saying to me just before surgery, saying, look, don't change anything about your life. You've told me that you've been out in the Alps this summer, cycling up mountains. You kind of you've been working all the way through. So glioma means lump in Latin. So you've got a lump there. Um, mm. you know, it's my job to kind of help you to kind of reduce the bulk of it. Um, but don't change anything about your life. And that could have gave me a bit of okay, okay, I think I could work with this. I think yeah. he's you know, this is something I can I can start writing my own story. I've had the shock, then I've had a bit of better news, and I'm like, and I'm just reading these people going, the way he's talking, he's not kind of saying, right, okay, do everything you need to do now, this week mm. or next week, or he's kind of saying, well, we will have to, we won't be able to move everything. It's like a pot of paints, he always used to say, white paints, drop a splosh of red in there and shake it up. And we'll we'll get most of the pink out, but we'll never get all of the pink out because it's not defined. So that's why we monitor you afterwards. But we're we're kind of in this place now, and you look, you're fit and you're healthy, aside from <laughs> the obvious, um, to kind of keep being you, and that kind of gave me a real kind of 
right, I can, I think I can do this. And, um, and I wasn't, I hadn't even thought about coaching at this point. I just kind of thought, well, let's get to the, let's get to the op. Um, and I remember on Christmas day, because you mentioned something earlier on as we we're kind of chatting just beforehand about kind of what could have got me into coaching and something that kind of triggered me. And I always remember I was with my uncle driving to pick up my Nana and, uh, he, I can't remember what quite what I said, but we tend to have kind of philosophical discussions. And I said something along the lines of, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know what, but I think I'm going to try and change the world next year. I'm going to get stronger through this somehow. And I, quite, and I didn't quite know what I was saying. And I didn't say it very articulately, quite like I'm doing now. <laughs> I could have just said, well, I, I think I can use this. And I think I'm going to become a self-improvement guru like Tony mm. Robbins or Robin Sharma. I didn't know they were coaches because I didn't know what coaching was at the time. Yeah. And I said, well, I, I think, yeah, I think I can use this. And I kind of, and I didn't really think too much about it after that, but I could have already planted the seed in my mind, I think. I was just about to say that sounds like a seed being planted, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like that moment where it's like clarity, even though you can't see exactly, you have this clarity of conviction. It just feels like the start of something. Yeah, and it's I just started buying into this story. And the more I was, and I was kind of working at the time, and I just anyone knew I'd speak to on the phone, I was in recruitment. Um, and I'd I'd just kind of be open with them, start talking to them about it, but I'd start saying, but but it's okay because it's low grade, we can deal with this and blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'd be going through, kind of realized now looking back that I was like with the video diaries, I was kind of a form of journaling and writing my telling myself the story so that I could start believing it and I and I did um and I think the greatest one of the nicest nights of my life was when mum and dad dropped me off for for surgery and I'd stayed the night because it was an early morning surgery um and they kind of looked at me and I was just I was just so happy I was like I, I'm in here now this is getting done it hasn't been postponed right we're here yeah. had the best night's sleep ever woke up in the morning and then Chris, one of the, um, the the lady who runs the ward there, could have said, all right, come on in. It's like, you're not getting the stretcher out. She's like, no, you're walking around. I was like, <laughs> actually, that's a lot better. I think I love that because it makes me feel empowered. And, uh, yes, um, yes. and then next thing I know, I'm, uh, I've woken up and it's all could have happened. Simon's coming across to see how I am. I managed to make a really bad joke about him being a barber because surgeons are now their mister. So or they, have to, they go from being a doctor to, and it's because they're barber surgeons. Um, because in the colonial, years and years ago, the barbers were the ones with the fresh blades or the clean blades to kind of make the amputations. Um, Is that right? Oh my the lower goodness. Kind of, <laughs> oh my goodness. So that's why they went back to being mister from doctor. Yeah, it's kind of tradition. I think it might be changing again now, but that's why it is at the moment. So I'm right. able... I made a joke with him, like literally hours after surgery. I think I'd been unconscious for about five hours. And then when I came around and made a joke to him about uh, his hairdressing salon. Um, so somehow. So, yeah, making jokes. And it feels like, you know, the one thing I, my heart goes out to your mum and dad. Yeah. Because, you know, there's nothing worse as a parent than having to suffer through something that is happening to your child. But it sounds like, your parents and you mentioned your uncle and your nan you've got this really strong family bond going yeah. on I've, yeah I feel incredibly blessed and lucky and I've kind of said all the way through I've, I've, in my mind I've thought well this is harder for them because I at least I'm when I'm awake at night 
whatever I, I know how i am whereas if they're kind of lying there thinking how is he how is he what's going on yeah um, and but that's how kind of helped me kind of help me become positive because i'm like well I, I need to show them how i am that i'm actually good so it's almost helped me kind of communicate a bit more kind of saying well i am good i'm i'm, I'm okay or actually today i'm not so you know finding the kind of boundaries of uh, not the boundaries um just knowing when to be vulnerable and actually with your family sometimes it feels like i don't want to put the burden on them you mm. feel that kind of quite often when people are ill they say they don't want to be a burden and you don't you kind of think oh it's maybe it's easier to kind of work on my own but realize in the end you know i would after the operation i found i was really emotional and i hadn't really been beforehand um but a lot of it was just relief kind of going oh thank that's over kind of yeah, like and yeah. uh, i'm here now and uh okay and so it's um so that kind of yeah but it's that emotion that I think you have done so well. And I think this is something, it's a bit of a generalization, but men in particular, mm. we're not conditioned in society to allow men to express deep, vulnerable emotion. You know, it, yeah. stiff upper lip is the kind of way forward and power yeah. through this. And yet what you do is it you lean into yeah this is how i'm feeling this is really how i'm feeling i'm being honest about mm. this which well, is so powerful oh well, thank you and that's um it kind of reminds me of a few videos I, I kind of did last year which sadly are all deleted because i'm a bit of a muppet when it comes to technology sometimes but um but the, the premise of them was i thought well i've got this opportunity now i'm giving myself permission now to kind of show my vulnerability to the world and not that everyone has to go through something life traumatic to kind of show their vulnerable side but actually it's okay i remember doing a video on my kind of sixth month after the opera anniversary saying i've had a cry this morning and i thought mm. it's quite important to kind of say that because i want to try and help break down this stigma of kind of mental um mental toughness or whatever it is that we're kind of mental have and in fact mental well-being and mental toughness is, is so much different from what I, we stereotypically think it's actually uh, being vulnerable is actually being mentally strong and having that kind of well-being um so yeah that's kind of on my a little is in my mind maybe it's taken a bit of a backseat in terms of what i'm vocally saying at the moment but i hope that you know the message that i try and give to people is that it's all right to kind of show your emotions and we all have different ways of expressing it like mm. I'm, every now and then i have a little cry and that's just my way and um but not everyone wants to do that. But some people go out for a run. Some people play music. You know, yeah. we have to, we have these emotions. They're legitimate. So recognize them and just release them. And uh, and once you can release them, it's like the storm clears, and you're like, oh, hang on a minute. It's like there's been a big thunderstorm, and then it's like, ah. Oh. And acknowledging that something horrendous like this, you know, desperately unwanted, terribly inconvenient, very life threatening is going to stir up emotions. It's just mm. acknowledging that's that's the reality of it. You know, you can't brush them aside. They are mm. there. And yeah, absolutely. And it brought back kind of or brought to the forefront kind of gratitude and just, okay, what's important in life? And uh, and for a few months after the operation, I had this kind of really euphoric feeling of I just I know what's important and it's just being nice to people and you know not worrying about all the stresses of work and all this other stuff. Um, and that lasted for about three or four months. And then and even at the beginning of IPEC, it was still there. But then I was, the world was starting to grind on me a little bit again. But thankfully, mm -hmm. I kind of started with IPEC. And um, 
that kind of started to help give me some of the tools to kind of hopefully raise my awareness but it took a while <laughs> if i'm being honest i'd love to say after mod one i was kind of but no it took, definitely took me till this summer gone after three months after starting adapt and flow three months after graduating for me to kind of have the um what was it have the scans this year when in may time that and so much has happened in that time i've met my fiance we managed to kind of sneak in a date october the 2nd amanda if you're watching remember that date she knows it now oh, <laughs> october the 2nd goodness. 2020 and we're now engaged and we've been together for over a year and oh, the love of my life she's just brilliant and so full of love so all of that happened during during ipec post-op so last year was such an amazing year for me um yeah changed careers had a life-saving operation and met just someone just truly amazing who is just so i you know anyone who knows me knows i'm a sucker for a love story so mm. let's just lean into that first of all because <laughs> yeah. that that sounds like a sort of you just dropped it in there oh i met the love of my life and but you know how did that come about how how did you meet and and what's the story uh, there we met because we are in the day and age of online dating. So we had, we were both on Bumble and, right. uh, um, so we, the Bumble's the one where the girl makes the first move. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so we'd kind of, we'd matched and I'd been on there. I hadn't really been that active and I hadn't met anyone and hadn't been out to actively see anyone. And, uh, we could have connected and, uh, then she let me expire for 24 hours. I'm going to bring that up again. Um, and then she left. I think because she actually had a bad date two weeks beforehand. I was like, do I really want to go through that again? Yeah. And then thankfully, I'm so glad she did because then she went, okay, extend. And we got chatting and it was just so natural. And I was like, this is really easy talking to her. And I'm quite fancy her as well. So hang on a minute, two things there. And I just said, well, I said something about being in the Alps and having to kind of come back a bit early because we we're talking about skiing because i'd had a seizure just before the operation um i've only ever had one and i had one and it could have made us think let's get back home let's be safe um, before the operation and so i said but maybe i'll tell you about that kind of story over a drink fancy it and then we said yep so we could have met up that week and um and then the rest within by the end of that was october by the end of november we had the lockdown and we were away for a long weekend she'd already booked it for her birthday and i kind of went with her and uh we were watching the news and it just said lockdown everything's closing blah 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 and uh and i just looked at her i was like i don't want you to be on your own in, in a flat for a month and I was like right i'm coming in you're part of our bubble so i'm gonna come and stay with you and uh yeah. we uh and then it just pretty much lived together ever since really um and uh yeah, she's just brilliant. She's and now a, you're engaged. Yeah, yeah. Oh, congratulations! That yeah, is amazing news. And what I'm hearing is, well, she said apart from the fact, so this is Amanda we're talking about. Yeah, she sounds amazing. But there's a sort of courage of your convictions, which do you think that comes from? You know, if you've been in a position where you suddenly see that there's no guarantees about life, mm. that it's kind of you've got to go and be really intentional about going for what you want i i think so and I, I think what really helped me during on our first date was that i just i got to the point where i was like well i've already tackled something pretty big this year i now know what's really important and so just got to be myself and i'm trying to figure out who i really am i, I kind of roughly know who i am but i've 
just going to be me. What's the worst mm. going to happen? You know, and just have the confidence just to kind of say my crap jokes, which I think are amazing. So I make myself laugh <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and just be me and just be a bit vulnerable as well, you know. And yeah. uh, I think I was kind of quite vulnerable that first night. And it, hopefully, I, I think it probably helps her just see into me a bit more and go, okay, I can be vulnerable too. And, you know, then you kind of just when you both share that kind of moment and uh, you realize you've both got nothing to hide because like, look, this is me, this is you. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm up for that. You kind of take the masks off, which is probably quite unusual yeah. on a first date where everybody's sort of, you know, trying to pick mm. themselves up and, and be, be somebody that perhaps, yeah, they don't actually feel, but you really got straight into that whole connection through being a bit vulnerable and, and mm. telling the real story, I guess, is the, is the ultimate side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that all could have happened. So it's a big first year, kind of big 2020 and, uh, but still learning so much about myself and set up the business. And yeah, it wasn't until this summer that I really started to learn so much more about myself and, you know, that I had the scan in May and it came back saying there's been a little bit of growth again. Um, it's still low grade and slow growing, but I think we need to we need to now kind of look at what we do um we, we can wait or we can put you forward for some treatment because what we want to do is we the one thing we know about your type of tuna um tumor not tuna <laughs> is that they always try and turn to high grade um and i say this now because i'm going to turn that completely on its head and say there are no rules anymore. What right. all I do know is that the power of positivity can shine through and it's in every cell of our body. And um, but for a few weeks there, I was absolutely petrified, thinking, I've just turned 40. Am I going to live to see 50? Yeah. Well, I honestly, I was like, oh, just went into that kind of catabolic state for a while. And then I think I got exhausted of being afraid and just went, I've got to change something. And I was keeping fairly fit but I was like okay um, and then I remembered about this breathing technique Wim Hof I'd read the book breathe the way year before and I thought and he I heard him saying somewhere about he injected himself with endotoxin and then was able to through the power of the mind just dispel it and not react to it and he can control the body temperature of his body just by you know thinking it like hang on a minute if he can do that then I can right the rules are out the window now this is I've I need to kind of talk to this guy. I need to read his book or just get into this. Because if we can really tap into the power of what we can do, then there's, I don't have to be afraid anymore. I can, I might still be afraid for moments, but then I can go, okay, I've got my system and I need to remember what my belief system is. And that's, we are, our body is made up of so many cells and in every single cell is consciousness. And if you feel that consciousness of positivity, of love, then I think, think good things are going to happen. Um, and I don't know, but let's put it to the test. And that's kind of where I got to this summer. And I read, I could have changed a few things about my diet and stuff, but those are almost a bit, they're, they're important. And I think diet's certainly important, um, but it's just the mindset. I was like, okay, I can, and I remember talking to my therapist in the summer and because I had a few sessions, I thought it's useful to kind of keep, she's a neurotherapist, so she, um as a specialism of understanding 
what kind of journey I'm on and mm. uh, to kind of validate my how I'm feeling. And uh, I remember talking to her and saying, I'm thinking about doing a video diary for this and because uh, I think I can grow from this. And she she was very supportive, but she also said, just be mindful, think about it before, once it's up there, it's up there. And uh, I just kind of went, yeah, no, I will do, I will think about it. And ultimately you've got to trust your own intuition. And I was like, well, yeah. no, I think, I'm, I'm hell-bent on this because this is this is my story now and this is what's going to make me better and healthier is by doing a video diary because that's the way somehow I get in front of a camera and I just start talking and it helps me journal, like, make a journal and it helps me kind of create, reconfirm the story to myself of what I'm doing. And, uh, and I guess it's a part of accountability and also thinking, well, there might be someone who's watching this who might get something from it, whether it's just one person or whether it's 10 or whether it's, yeah, I don't care how many, as long as there's one person that kind of watches it and go, you know what, I'm going to try something as well. Because I, I'm going to start believing in myself and thinking, wow, I can do anything if I put my mind to it. And uh, Well, there's something that strikes me in that story, Damon, which is a beautiful story, um, that, you know, what would have happened if Wim Hof had never put his story out there and inspired you? You know, mm -hmm. he wrote his book, he told his story, he really believes that this is the way forward. And it's it's simple techniques, it's it's breathing, it's mind over matter, it's mindset. He's had a huge influence on you, and now you're doing the same for mm -hmm. people around you. And certainly I saw your diaries, and even though I know you, I didn't know that this was the next chapter in your story and that this is mm -hmm. what you were going through, but it's helped us to connect. And I'm hoping that the same thing, you are somebody who is going to be the Wim Hof of your, you know, following and be that inspiration because those powerful, positive stories are what we connect with ultimately. So mm -hmm. I think it's so invaluable what you're doing and yeah, really quite remarkable. Oh, well, thank you. That's, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm touched and humbled and, uh, but feeling good. So thank you. That's, um, yeah, and if Wim Hof hadn't come along, then I'd have probably searched for something else, but I'm so glad he did because and yeah. I, I got in touch with him earlier this summer, just before my opera for radiotherapy. I sent him a note saying, thank you, you've really helped me kind of find the power of positivity. Um, and uh, I'm starting radiotherapy soon. And his assistant got back in touch and sent me his number. So occasionally him and I have a chat and uh, he sent me this amazing message. Or when we were talking, he said, together, brother, side by side, we're going to heal the world. I was like, oh, this is just, we do it in our own different ways. Um, you know, his method is, um, but yeah, I think I'm on a mission now to show the world that we can do anything if we, if we put our minds to it. And I remember at the beginning of the diaries kind of saying, well, I want to be living proof. Well, I'm, I'm only halfway through. I've still got chemotherapy to, to kind of go through. So I'm kind of taking confidence and in myself and going, well, I'm halfway through. I feel good. Um, so I've got a scan coming up in a few weeks time. And to a certain extent, it's almost irrelevant what the scan says, because at the moment I've just been filling myself full of love. Every time I went in for treatment, I'd be there saying, I'm healing, I'm healing. Every time I do my Winhof breathing, I'm saying, you know, saying a little mantra to myself. So I'm feeling myself with all these kind of, and letting go of negative emotions because I'd realised I'd suppressed a lot of anger in the past. Mm. People don't think I'm an angry person and I hadn't really been because I'd, I'd never really speak up or say anything. I'd just kind of go, I'd rationalise things and go, okay, yep, fine, and just ignore it, but get really angry inside. So I've just learned to oh, get rid of it and go, 
So I have a two minute session every day where I kind of wiggle around and go, come on, out you come. And last night it was ridiculous because it was the the dog barked me and wanted me to take him out. And I was like, no, I've I've settled. I've got into my comfy routine. This is my time now. So I got really angry with the dog. And then I was like, Amanda looked at me and I was like, oh, I just, okay, I'm going to sort myself out. (laughs) Went in a room, did a bit of meditation and just kind of went and then came out laughing and then going, oh dear let's get rid of that because i can't afford any negative emotions neither can anyone you know so you've you've really been leaning into because i mean you know you you talk about what things i reflect back to you are you always mention the nursing staff the doctors Mm. you know that that place of gratitude is huge in in the diaries but in everything Mm. you do i know you lean into cycling you know sort of finding something you really love to do and so what are the other things that you've been you know that's just so beautiful the way you've described when you feel those emotions notice them mm. and then find ways to release them yeah and I, I guess i've really it's really helped me kind of tap into what like relearn the ipec kind of methodology about the you know the different energy levels and kind of go mm. well actually i keep talking about love well that's one of the highest levels so I just need to keep doing that and that's all and just recognize any other levels that can come in and just think of it very practically almost go okay you come in but and i'm not going to beat myself up anymore so i, I very rarely these days i did a little, little bit last night for two minutes and then went you're not beating yourself up again go on you can you can be nice to yourself because the minute you love yourself then you start to be able to love everyone else around you and uh and then kind of heal yourself as well and so I've kind of got into a system of, and I'm looking at my phone here because I wrote, and I'm going to be releasing it soon, but I've kind of doing the, the Dame of Bowen Ashman kind of health and strength kind of Bible system, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Things that I'll do on a daily basis, which are, you know, releasing those negative emotions, saying mantras, visualization, kind of being in a shower and saying, my brain is healing and healthy. It's glowing bright pink. My brain, you know, anything just to kind of make this me feel good. And then, reading my mission in the morning, which is my mission is to prove to myself in the world that we can do anything if we put our minds to it. Absolutely anything. And I just believe it now. I've told myself this story so much now that I am, it's kind of, I've been redefining my belief system and my habits and they're kind of, they are sticking now. Um, They need a little reminder every now and then. And as an example, this morning, so I've finished radiotherapy. I've got a month before I start anything else. And there is... I'm like, well, that kind of project's over. So I'm doing the radio reflections now. I've got a video to come out a bit later on today. But there's something kind of not quite, I've got the routine that's gone from my life for the last six weeks. So I've got three or four hours of my day back, but I'm not seeing, haven't got that interaction with the lovely staff. And and so I was like, oh, this project, I need a new project. And I hadn't quite figured it out until this morning. I was looking in the mirror going, well, I wonder when the hair is going to start growing back because I've got some weird, lovely. Oh my goodness! Oh. Yeah, it's like a little um, sort of sideways Mohican, is how yeah. I think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is trendy, apparently. So I'm going to kind of, and this yeah. is my badge of honour, which I've kind of remembered. Mum and Amanda were like, "No, that's your." I thought, no, like with the scar, I kind of, I don't mind sharing it and going. You know what? This is me, and this is what I'm doing, and uh, maybe all people stop and ask me questions, um, yeah. and I can kind of uh, try and inspire them to kind of believe in themselves, but. What I was going to say was, before I keep talking on <laughs> rambling away, is I was in having a look in the mirror this morning and thinking, well, I wonder when that's going to start growing back. I thought, well, 
as I've stopped treatment now, as there's no radiotherapy and it's been a few days, it should start to kind of start growing a bit. And then subconsciously or kind of consciously, I'm not sure which, but I heard it. I went, maybe the tumour might grow because you're not having treatment now. I went, oh, hang on a minute. You know what? That's just, that's exactly what I needed to hear because I can turn that little bit of negativity into focus. Okay, this get back to my belief system. What do I believe? I believe in the power of the mind, the power of positivity. Positivity is running through my veins. If I feel my, we are what we think. Okay, what am I going to think about? Think about stuff that makes me feel alive. Like my, I don't know if you can see, I've got goosebumps now. I'm just going to say that because we've got so much power, so much choice every day. And that's something I learned back in June time when I, I got to the stage where I was like, I've got a choice. I've got so many choices. I can either carry on being a bit of a mope and kind of, doing whatever you know living in fear or i can i can try changing my diet i can try this i can try that and i was like wow there's so many choices available to me so choices are resources we've got all of us have every single day i've got so many resources and choices available to us we just need to be reminded of them occasionally and just to tap into them to go you know what actually i've got a choice do i want to whatever it is it's just when you realize you've got a choice the pressure comes off and you can relax. And that's another of my things that I look through in the in the Bible system of the power of relaxing. So when I'm when I was having a therapy I was, or treatment, I was kind of lying there just, just making sure I was relaxing. So the more the body's relaxed, the more it's able to heal, the more it's able to optimize its system and work, your brain's able to function better. You're just we're all in so much of a better place. So if you can smile and relax every day. Even if you try and force it to start with, and then eventually you'll start smiling properly and you'll go, oh, yeah. But it is that even that, you know, forcing yourself into a smile when you're not feeling happy mm. can often have that effect of it's it's that moment where just by the act of smiling or reaching out to somebody or connecting with, you know, taking it away from yourself and thinking about other people, all of those things, as you say, just bring about that shift. And it's, it's really tapping into that belief system underneath the thought process mm. and starting to, that's what I, I think you've really accessed now is, no, I, I believe I'm in a good place and I do have choices and I am making a difference to people and it's working, you know, it's yeah. really starting to work. It, it, it feels like it. I, I can, I can only go off feel and, uh, you know, I think it's kind of made me realize that, me in particular, but as humans, we're so good at complicating life. And uh, you know, thousands of years ago, even hundreds of years ago, there weren't all these all this technology to kind of science say, right, you have this particular disease of this, 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 this variation and this inhibitor, blah, blah, blah. No, we didn't know. We just went by feel and we used our intuition like like animals do. You know, animals, if mm. they're sick, then they, they fast for a day and they, they fast until they're ready to kind of eat again because fasting is a way to kind of heal the body. And I just started kind of tapping into my intuition a bit more. But it is that trusting yourself and, and where, where I feel you've really gained so much uh, momentum is that starting with self-compassion, mm, you know, yeah, being was... able to just hold yourself in that moment and say, I've got this, I trust mm. myself, I know I'm good enough, all those things that come up otherwise in, in sort of negative moments. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's... um. It's a start start with yourself first, and then once you've sorted yourself out, then you're in a better position. It's like that old kind of thing of when you're on a plane, get your own um, 
oxygen mask on first and it's exactly the same with our our well-being you know start with yourself if i can tell myself that i love myself and accept everything about me not just the bits that i like to show to the world to go hey yeah this is me i'm i'm really cool look at me or i'm not cool whatever i am no it's the bits that you you want to shy away from to go well actually you know what i got really angry yesterday at something that was really stupid well just own it and go okay you're human accept that that's fine you made a mistake. Maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe it's just called a learning process. And that's what life is these days. It's just the process of learning. Yeah. Learn something new every day and wow, <laughs> we'll keep on growing. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a lovely coach friend who says, you know, we have dark and light inside all of us. It, mm. it needs to be acknowledged, but that doesn't mean you don't move towards the light whenever mm. you feel inspired to do so. You know, it's, it's, it's there. It's part of us. The, 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 the bits that as you say you you we have a tendency to want to hide but acknowledging them and then and then making a choice as to which direction we go in is so important mm. so i know you've leaned into kindness because it's just been just a part of the way that you have thrown yourself into the coaching process as we've just talked about kindness to yourself you, you've attracted kindness into your life through Amanda by the sounds of it. But when I asked you about a story of just a simple act of kindness, what, mm. what came up for you? Well, I, I had one for you and I'm going to roll them both into it. And then something else happened this morning. So it's like, oh, wow. And this, this is the journey I've been on. There's, you ask the universe for something, you ask it for love and it gives you love. And yeah. dear, so many people have been in touch. It's just... Oh, and it makes such a difference. I feel amazing because of it. And it's just receiving love, but you've got to be able to love yourself to then be able to receive love. But um, the act of kindness, the first one, and I'll be very quick because you asked me for one and I've been a bit naughty here. No, so that's okay. One, we can have more kindness. Don't worry. Yeah. There's always more to go. There's um, a chap called Stephen Cox. So Stephen, if you're watching this, he was a candidate of mine from the architecture recruitment days never actually found him a job I don't think I even got him an interview we just kept in touch and uh um so I've not really could have done anything to impress him so to speak you know in terms of actually finding him a job um but we've kept in touch a bit and he just dropped me a note within the first week or two of kind of starting radiotherapy saying Damon really sorry to hear about your news blah blah blah. and just please be assured I'm here for anything anything you want just get in touch and uh like a lot of people just kind of comment and you know not that those comments don't mean anything but he sent me a personal note so we really thought about it and i was like oh Stephen, that's um yeah and that just shows me his kind of character but it's just that's what life's all about that's humankind going wow this is what something that's challenging this is all the love that's around and loves everywhere and you just got to start looking for it and realizing it and going wow and then and then this morning i thought that was enough but uh and there's been so many other kind of cases of people I know a lot better who've kind of got back in touch and then there's a lady called Emma Harvey who I'm connected with on LinkedIn and Emma has a couple of times now she did it this morning as well just saying thinking of you hope you have a great week um and you know we connected earlier this summer we don't really know each other that well um in fact we don't just from our LinkedIn kind of profiles and she's just been really sweet and sending me a nice message I was like you don't it's just Makes a such a difference. Such yeah, a difference. Lovely. Yeah. So thank you to both of those two. And I think that's inspired me to kind of go and do that to someone else today to think about because I, I keep saying it on my messages to people, blah, blah, blah. But actually to physically go and do it, that's uh, 
me to hold myself accountable for that and show a bit of love to the world. Personally. And it's that bit that I'm so proud of you for, because actually that's the essential part. You know, we don't always know the impact of our kind words. We don't actually know where it lands or how it lands, but it always comes back to us, perhaps in a different, from a different place. You know, you don't write a message to somebody and get some words back, but if you can continue mm -hmm. that ripple effect, it's just, that's when for me, magic starts to happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fantastic. Now I know you're um you're quite a a musician, and some of your YouTube videos have you actually playing some of your own songs, which I have great admiration for. Mm. So when I was asking about music, what comes up for you as a song that that you you sort of hold above others? I think the first song is always Bruce Hornsby, and I think it's the first one I can have Bruce Hornsby and the way it is. Yeah. And it's, and, I, it, and it's probably just changes meaning. A, me and, me and my brother used to kind of sit and watch it like kind of late at night. It'd be on our, you know, we'd go to the kind of, right, what song should we put on after a couple of bottles of wine? And, uh, you know, that'd be one of them. And, uh, and, but it's also, and I wasn't, didn't, in the old days, I didn't used to listen to the lyrics. And then now I have a bit more, like that piano riff is just kind of goes through me and I'm just. Just amazing. And then when you actually start listening to the lyrics about it's about you know equality and welfare and it's like wow okay and this is it's written kind of quite a while ago and you think wow it's just so powerful and the uh, the meaning to it and that's before i'd even you know, i had power to it before i'd even could have started to understand the lyrics and when you understand the lyrics you're like oh okay this is pretty powerful this song um yeah yeah, yeah. And for me, it is a song about turning, opp finding opportunity really in, in the face of adversity, sort of finding those moments of hope, even when things come along that perhaps you can't control or that just really feel so challenging. Um, so it's a perfect, perfect song for you, I think, Damon, because it really tells part of your story. And I'm just so glad to have it on the playlist because it's actually one of my husband Sim's favorite songs. So oh, that's going to be a real, yeah. And I, I mean, what I love about that playlist is I can then just, I can tap into it anytime and put it on random play. And there's a song comes on and immediately I'm taken to this moment with mm -hmm. this person. And yeah, that's what's been magical for me about, about oh, having that playlist. So so glad to have Bruce Hornsby added to the list. Um, thank you for that. And keep playing, by the way. You you really are a great oh, musician. So oh, that's very sweet of you to say. And in fact, that's something I'd thought I'd do over the next month, you know, have a have another song out there or get a couple of songs out there to uh... Yeah. I think that's going to be part of Adapt and Flow's sort of um, you know, I I I love the the piece around everyone has a song inside them don't die with the music inside you it's it's about finding those gifts and talents that you can share and put out into the world mm. and i'm sure that you'll attract people through your guitar playing you know that's all part of the sort of the brand that is is damon so and it's, and it's just doing that. something a bit different as well isn't it and in terms of yeah, you know, I, I love getting up and talking all the time and uh kind of going on my little rants and uh sometimes it's nice just to do something a bit different a bit bit creative and i enjoy it and uh, i'm not the best musician in the world but i enjoy it so i think that yeah. kind of comes across and hopefully people don't mind listening to that because they can if you can see someone's enjoying it and having a bit of fun with it then 
didn't you? Yeah, and it's about letting go of that. We were talking earlier about letting go of perfection and just saying, this is something yeah. I'm, I'm working at, you know, this is this is my practice. This is something mm. I, and I think having those things in our life that they're not all perfect straight out of the gate, but we love to mm. build that mastery and, and just get a bit better each time we play. Yeah, and it's, uh, and I guess it feeds into, um, you know, a bit like I'm, as you say, I, I haven't, I guess the thing that's kind of quite powerful for me, and I'm going to remind myself of this to kind of give myself confidence is I haven't finished this kind of journey yet. In fact, the journey is kind of good till for the rest of my life, but I'm still midway through kind of treatment. Um, so it had been really easy for me to kind of come on here after everything had been done. And I go, no, I've got to, but I'm not, I've realized I'm not so attached to the end goal anymore. What I'm attached to is right now. And uh, right now I feel good. So keep on feeling good. And uh um, but with like with the guitar playing, you know, at some point I'll be Jimi Hendrix or uh, or, or Slash or some Jimmy Page, you know, but I'm not <laughs> there yet. So in the meantime, I'll show the world what I have and uh, I'll keep getting better through it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that is so true that, you know, with any journey, it's about saying what aspects of it am I really enjoying and leaning into those as opposed to the things, you know, cut out the stuff I'm not enjoying and find the things that bring me that sense of achievement, satisfaction, just giving it a go and just keeping, mm. keeping myself, um, I guess it is positivity, but it's also what just brings me that sense of fulfillment in the moment mm. is really important. So, I mean, you, as you say, you, you've been so brave to share a story that really is you're right in the heart of it. You're still going through treatment. Uh, there's so much uncertainty around it. But what wisdom would you share with anybody who is in a similar position where things aren't looking great and there's a lot of challenges that they're facing? Hmm. I think there'll be two things probably that really help me is A, realise that there are so many choices. We have so many choices every single day. And even if the doctor comes to you to say, you've got this, you've got that, or, or you're at work and something happens, whatever it is, we have so many choices, choice about how we react and respond, or it'd be better if we can respond to things as opposed to reacting, because we, we can respond with a bit more intelligence then, but we can respond to, we've got so many different ways of living our lives, so on a daily basis, um, so knowing you have the power of choice every day just takes the pressure off and makes you feel, okay, I've got a bit more power back. Um, and then within that, there's just, I believe so wholeheartedly that we can do anything if we put our minds to it. We've got this inner strength and ability that we don't even know anything about, I think. We, we know half of it, um, what our brain's kind of capable of or what the inner strength. They could have connected, so I don't quite know how, but they are kind of connected. Mm, and it's, so it's, it's like the energy of the universe. It's God, whatever people want to call it. I, I don't really know what to call it apart from sometimes i call it god if i ever pray sometimes i call it the energy of the universe and just tapping into it and we've all got it inside us and so we've all got this amazing ability like wim says he's nothing special um anyone can do what he's doing like i'm nothing special anyone can do what i'm doing we all have this amazing ability we've just got to believe in ourselves and it's just that once we can get to that belief go you know what i can actually do anything i can heal myself i can do whatever it is it doesn't matter figure out what it is we want to do and then just go for it because you've got it you really have 
Those are wonderful words to finish on, Damon. Thank you so much. And I, I loved what you were saying about often we don't see those choices. You know, we'll say it's either this or that. I have to stay in this job or I have to that the, 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 the options when we actually start to list them out do end up being far greater than perhaps mm -hmm. black and white that we see when we're first faced with an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the power of choice. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Which does, as you say, leave you with that sense of freedom, which then allows you to step into new possibility, mm. which is just exactly what you've been doing. So I'm so grateful. Anyone who's listened to this and wants to work with Damon, because I know you work one on one with people to do just that to, you know, if, you, if you're at a, a crossroads in your life, perhaps, and you're looking for a change, mm. who, who, who would you say are your ideal client, clients, Damon? Um, people who are, I just want to help people build their confidence to realize that they got something amazing inside and that they can. So ideal client is someone who's doubting themselves a bit at the moment. Um, and that could be anyone. It could be a school leaver. It could be uh, someone who's just about to retire, going into retirement thinking, Oh God, what, what, what's ahead? It's what just, are my options? Yeah. yeah. Just, I want to fill people with the confidence that you've got this. I believe in you believe in yourself. And once you start doing that, the ripple effect will have on you and your body and everything around you. Um, it'll be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No, amazing. And I think you're going to be doing a lot of work with men, especially who perhaps find it difficult to find people to relate to, to people, mm -hmm. people to talk to. And that's when the power of coaching really starts to show itself, you know, having that support and encouragement and someone on your side is, is really powerful. Yeah. So anyone who's interested can find links for adapt and flow coaching in the show notes and Damon's uh, YouTube channel, which is remind me, Damon, where, where would we find you on, on YouTube? Uh, if you just type in my name, Damon Bowen Ashwin and adapt and flow, because I'm, I'm not cool enough to, I haven't got a million subscribers yet. So I have to have, YouTube.369CYZXYB as my title. <laughs> so, uh, um, it's it's yeah. only a matter of time. It's only a matter yeah. of time. <laughs> that's a nice way for people to follow me if they don't just want to see, have a bit of positivity in their life. Join my Facebook group or follow me on the Instagram, LinkedIn, um, YouTube. Then, you know, take something from it. Everyone will take something different from it depending on where they are in their lives. But I just want yeah. to inspire people to believe in themselves. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I think you're doing that every day. And I'd just like to wish you so much luck with all the, the, the follow-up treatment that you're about to undertake, but also to congratulate you for getting this far in your journey and being such an inspiration oh, to so many people. Thank you ever so much for joining me. And yeah, I am so grateful to have your wisdom to share with the world today. Oh, well, thank you, Kat. Thanks for having me on. I was so excited to kind of come on and um, it's just nice to kind of properly kind of connect with you again. And uh, I'd love to, uh, let's catch up over the next few weeks as well. It'd be really nice to offer, have a chat. And uh, yeah, I need, I need, ask the universe for something. I need people like you in my life, Kat. So it'd be great to keep in touch. Yeah. We're always here. We're always here. Thanks so much, Damon. Bye now. Wasn't that just the best? So much wisdom. So much we can all take into our hearts about sending love out into the universe and having it come right back. 
My eldest son, Jake, is a physicist, and I keep trying to tell him that this law of what you put out coming right back to you must be a thing and have a name like Newton's law or Bernoulli's principle. And he just shakes his head with a wry smile and says, no, mum, it's not a thing in any textbook I've ever read. But it's a great question, don't you think? What is the unit of measurement for love and how bouncy is it? I'd also like to mention the synchronicity of recording this episode on the same day that Tom Parker posted on social media that he'd had the news that his brain tumour is stable and he's so grateful for the time this affords him with his family. Tom is a member of the band The Wanted and they reunited in September to host a concert at the Royal Albert Hall to raise funds for brain tumour research. It was such a beautiful concert and if you haven't seen the documentary, I urge you to go and watch it. In the meantime, all that remains is to thank Damon from the bottom of my heart for his openness and for trusting me with his story. I wish him and Amanda every happiness, as I'm sure we all do. So this really is a week where I feel that light is triumphing over darkness. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.